Welcome to High Gluttony. I'm Becca. And I'm Gretchen. And today we are making a steakhouse dinner with sirloin. And Becca is making salmon. And express baked potato, my my personal version of an express baked potato. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and a lemon caper creamy vinaigrette dressed salad. This is an exciting one for us. We are testing out a method we came across from Cooks Illustrated that sort of radically changes the way we've both always approached cooking our proteins. So this was really fun for us to get to test this out. Yeah, this is... And the great thing is, is nothing we did in this episode was very complicated. So this is world level one all the way through. <laughs> world level one, baby. We love it. We love to see it. Particularly because we're assuming you at home will not be trying to cook two steaks in <laughs> two different ways at the same time. <laughs> I mean, if you want to, great, but you don't. It adds a level of complexity to the whole process. So pretty simple, like Gretchen said, which means this is a fun, relaxing episode. Settle in, grab your cannabis, grab your drink, get ready to learn something new and join us as we journey through our steakhouse style searing comparison. You can find uh, our recipe and notes at highgluttony.com. The original recipe, unfortunately, would only be available to people with Cook's Illustrated memberships sorry what happened (laughs) i'd made a little cat toy of some fresh catnip like i braided the stalks together to see what would happen because kenzie i put like a whole plant outside and she's been playing with it so i was like well what if i like try to make a toy out of it and so she just but it's just one big long braid right now that's all i've done i gave it to aria to eat the leaves off of and she just like put her claws into it and then like threw the whole like big thing of catnip in the air and then went ah (laughs) I think she was surprised by it coming back down yeah (laughs) she was surprised at it coming at her I don't think she intended to bring it towards her she just wanted to like I don't don't know what her goal was but it was really funny so (laughs) sorry that's okay I never know if someone's like intruding into your house or just one of the pets has done something because you just suddenly go <laughs> like, oh, what level of is this? <laughs> pet, pet. <gasps> That's what we had today. <laughs> I was just trying not to like, I was like, can I keep going? No, I can't. It's too funny. Her face is too funny. <laughs> Okay. So you were saying the actual searing comparison recipe is only available in Cooks Illustrated, sadly? Correct. It is behind a paywall. Frankly, their recipes are so good, I think it's worth it. But that's just me. And you get to listen to this, which means you get to hear all of the steps. So you <laughs> kind of <laughs> don't need the recipe. But I can't really say that. You have to pay for it. We are sort of giving away the whole trick for free, but that's okay. We you can't own cooking methods. Sorry. And we are giving oh. them credit, so I don't think it's a problem. Anyway. We'll find out. We'll find out for sure. If it's a problem, they will let us know. They will let us know. <laughs> so we'll be sharing as much as we can at <laughs> highgluttony.com. <laughs> You'll be fine. We'll write it out. 
We'll write out some paragraphs. Ugh, writing paragraphs. You can find our recipes and notes at highgluttony.com and be sure to follow, like, and subscribe and tell a friend or two about us. And thank you for joining us, gluttoneers. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. <laughs> Becca, did I just see you take a tincture over there? You did. We learned so much about it a couple of weeks ago that I like immediately went out and bought some. This is called CBD oil. It's full spectrum. It's from something called Trace Minerals Company. It's just a little dark little tincture bottle, little squeezer. What do you call it? Dropper. Dropper. It's a dropper. 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 Thank you. Dropper. You put it under your tongue, which we learned is sublingual, and let it sit for about 90 seconds and then go about your business. And I've been really enjoying it. I recommend trying it again, revisiting your CBD experience, Gretchen. Where'd you get it? <laughs> I got it at a place called Natural Grocers. Oh, okay. But it's hemp. So it's. I should be able to find it. Available most places. Yeah. Excellent. I know. So I'm excited. I don't, I think it is a pretty effective pretty quickly. I've been trying to just incorporate it when I've been consuming a lot more flour. Speaking of, what are you smoking? I am smoking 805 Sour, which I, I really like these. These are little pre-rolled joints from Pacific Stone, which I just realized. I thought that was a weird name for a pot company but I've just realized what it's supposed to mean. <laughs> well, just reading it, because it's just not stoned. It's right. stone. <laughs> stone. It, did, it just didn't click. <laughs> so I really like these. The THC percentage is 17%, 17.2, which seems to be a good level of THC for me, because it's this is one of the few that I've gotten that really doesn't, at least for a couple seconds, send me way over the top. So <laughs> it's a good amount. I'm kind of a lightweight for being such a rabid smoker, but <laughs> I can, I'll blame my dad's genetics on that. Cause he's the one that has some issues. Cause oh, you shoot. also have a low alcohol tolerance too. I do. The, the liver thing, the alcohol thing is partially genetics, but partially medication based that's artificially decreased. I'm sure I wouldn't be much of a drinker without it, but <laughs> I'd at least be able to not have a hangover after two drinks. Two drink Gretchen. That's what we call you. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm smoking the last OG. That's why I took the CBD oil because I had been smoking and I've been trying to do that when I've been consuming a lot more cannabis or THC in particular, and it has 26% THC. And then it is myrcene, no, caryophylline, lemonine, and myrcene in that order of like terpene dominance. It's fun. I'm liking it. Pretty high THC there. So we'll see how it goes today. <laughs> well, you've got your balancing T, you know, CBD. Hopefully it'll all be good. I'm ready to start drinking though. I know you. Yeah, that'll started. help too. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's, it's Saturday, everybody, and that's a two-drink day for Gretchen. <laughs> <laughs> Got to meet that minimum. Pretty much the only day of the week that I actually drink alcohol, unless I have like a really shitty day for some reason. So we're drinking bourbon, and we're mixing that with a blood orange San Pellegrino and a little mint. So I'm tearing some mint off my stem here and putting it into the 
glass with some ice. Are you going to muddle it? I realize that that's probably what I should have done. (laughs) (laughs) I already poured my bourbon in, so I can't do it either. (laughs) Well, then fuck it. Okay. It says we have to. (laughs) Right. The bourbon I'm using today is called High West Whiskey American Prairie Bourbon. So every word you could imagine to associate with bourbon or whiskey is thrown into this title. So somebody was like, fuck it. We're just going to put them all in there. American Prairie Whiskey. Yes. Yes. What? Um, hi. Yes. Hi. West, yes. West, yes. 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 I was like, maybe I should just incorporate a little more of myself into these recordings and do some shit that I would normally do if I was by myself, which is maybe I'll just shake this with my hand over the top of it and see if that works. You mean your glass that has (laughs) mint ice and apparently a little (laughs) melted water was in there. And then I threw it all over myself. So there you go. That's what happens at my house. Behind the scenes at High Gluttony Headquarters. Where's my measuring glass? I'm definitely not measuring. Poured in my bourbon already. I'm pouring in my blood orange San Pellegrino now. And then topping with my mint. I am measuring. But that's only because there's not very much left in this bottle. And (laughs) the the thing I have a tendency to do when I have not very much in the bottle is pour all of it into the glass. (laughs) So... I didn't think that was a great plan. So you're rationing more than measuring. Right. Because <laughs> typically I, I really wouldn't bother. But I was like, could I put all of this in? And I was like, how about we don't just guess? <laughs> See, I'm getting smarter. <laughs> Cheers. It's coming a lot more naturally. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I like it. Yeah. That's the... <laughs> Does this have a name? Is somebody already named this or do we get to name it? I'm sure there's already a name and I think we can also name it. (laughs) (laughs) We could. You're right. (laughs) What would you name it? I think because it's the first cocktail we've actually like created on air, we need to call it the high gluttony. Oh, I like it. It sounds perfect. Okay. The high West whiskey is very appropriate. Hope they don't get mad at us. As with this whole high gluttony thing, it's kind of, we'll worry about that later. Uh, (laughs) Just say it. We'll figure it out later. (laughs) We'll figure it out. So we've got our drink ready to go. We've both enjoyed some smoking. We're feeling relaxed. I'm ready to cook. And we have kind of a big night ahead of us. It's not going to be too complicated, but we're excited to make a steakhouse dinner with protein two ways. I think we're calling it that. But it's pretty much a classic steak meal. (laughs) Something like that. We're going to call it moo-moo meat and swim-swim meat. (laughs) Yeah, earlier Gretchen Gretchen said she'd found some really cool information about the differences between protein that comes from the ocean or river or water and protein that is on land. <laughs> she came out saying, you know, moo-moo meat and swim-swim meat. <laughs> but then she couldn't find that information again. So, <laughs> But that's how we're referring to our two different types of protein. 
So Gretchen's using strip steak. Is that right? Pretty sure I got strip steaks. Not 100% sure? No, not right now. I'm not. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Your moo-moo meat isn't what you thought it was. <laughs> I got sirloin. Uh, I'm an idiot. You're not an idiot. I forgot what I was supposed to be buying or I had <laughs> it in my head that it was something different. Okay. Do you think it'll still work? Yes. Theoretically, okay. it should still work. <laughs> okay. I'm just very annoyed at myself right now because I was like, write it down. And then I was in the store and I was like, I know exactly what type of meat I need. <laughs> Fuck. I'm annoyed right now with myself being like, write it down and make sure you've written it down when you take it to the store i wrote down the wrong thing oh no our write it down advice backfired and even in this moment <laughs> so fucking annoying oh, when that no. happens <laughs> what are we supposed to do <laughs> i did get some very nicely marbled steak here so hopefully this will work fancy steak dinner <laughs> and <laughs> protein two ways and we say two ways for a couple of reasons we mean two ways because gretchen's using beef and I'm using salmon. In this case, Gretchen's using sirloin. Sirloin steaks. Yes. Sirloin steaks. We're also going to do a baked potato and a salad that we will be playing around with a little bit on the ingredients. So it's going to be fun. Gretchen, can you talk us through kind of an overview since we're doing a couple of things and the protein piece has a couple of different steps. So what are we, what are we in store for today? You mean, what are we making overly complicated today? <laughs> today? <laughs> what have we already totally confused ourselves on? Yeah. <laughs> today we will be confusing ourselves with <laughs> making some vinaigrette to start with. So we're going to make a nice lemon caper vinaigrette. That's going to be for a mixed mixed lettuce salad in your case. I am doing little gems. I was able to get some at the farmer's market this morning. So I'm doing some cute little halves of little gem lettuces with our lovely lime caper vinaigrette. Lemon. Nope. Lemon. <laughs> it's like, that didn't sound right. <laughs> like interesting. I, said, I yeah. said caper. I said lemon. <laughs> no. <laughs> lemon. So caper. We'll start with vinaigrette. Starting with vinaigrette. Then we are going to make some baked potatoes. I'm going to call them express baked potatoes. <laughs> Fast casual yeah. baked potato. <laughs> Fast casual. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, pretty sure this is how, how Wendy's does it. Yeah. <laughs> After that, we are going to compare Wait, what's the express are we gonna are you gonna talk us through the express method now or we're gonna leave that until after we do the dressing i want it to be a surprise just because it's gonna be so easy that people are gonna be like why'd she have to tell us that before <laughs> <laughs> and moving on we are going to for our next step we are going to compare a cooking method we came across in cooks illustrated to how we would normally cook ourselves a piece of protein which is why becca's using fish and I'm using steak because these are our proteins of choice and things we make on a regular basis at home. We're going to see if Cook's Illustrated wins or if we just like it how we did it before because it's a lot less work. <laughs> <laughs> to be determined. So that'll be it. We'll have our steak, our protein and our, sorry, nope, steak. <laughs> our steak, our protein, our fish. <laughs> <laughs> Our veggie and our potato. Yay, I said all the things. 
I'm wondering if 805 sour means I can't talk. Have I done 805 <laughs> sour before? I don't Are remember it. Recorded? Next, we're going on to my fast facts. Terrible. We mm. cannot use that because I'm like, no, I can't say that. It's not clear. Fun shit you came across in research. <laughs> FSIR. FSIR. All right. <laughs> FSFR from research. Anyway, we'll figure it out. It's the the shit I want to talk about, but it's not super relevant. I didn't know that when I was reading stuff. So this is my, I didn't know that. I like that. Although that might be borderline too close to Jim Jeffries podcast, which is, I don't know about that. Mm. (laughs) Although it is a sub segment, not the full podcast. Everything is so complicated. Shit I didn't know before. Here we go. (laughs) The word meat actually first appeared in the Oxford English Dictionary in the year 900. At the time, it was really just a term for any solid food, anything. As long as it wasn't liquid, it was meat. (laughs) Fish. (laughs) Yep. Meat. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Crab. Meat. Meat. Wow. Lamb. Well, that makes sense. Chicken. (laughs) Yep. Meat. (laughs) Veggies. Meat. Oh, Red. everything that wasn't Meat. liquid. Everything that wasn't liquid. It was like literally just another term for food. Bread. Bread. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> See? Mind-blowing facts. <laughs> Shit we all know now. <laughs> Shit we all know now. This one in particular was when I was like, I think we need to eat a little less meat. The USA is 115th of the world's population, but we eat... A third of the meat consumed on the fucking planet. A third. A third. That's pretty gross. We have a problem as a country. I was like, what? So I'm trusting Harold McGee on this because the book seems pretty factual. I guess I did not confirm this fact with other sources. I will confirm this. We will. It just seems like it's true. Even if those like exact percentages or whatever that fact, whatever that is, even if those aren't true. The point is Americans consume a lot more meat than we should and probably collectively, given all the other things we know about what it takes to produce any sort of beef or like land protein, it's probably not a good idea to keep doing it the way we have been. That doesn't mean like full pendulum swing the other way. Everybody stops eating all meat. Right. But, you know, you had said like it just scale back. We got to figure something else out. That's such a crazy proportion to think about. A third, a third, a third of the world. Then he he did continue on to, and I then I was like, is Harold McGee pushing the vegetarian agenda? <laughs> and how unsustainable it is because it's, you put so much more effort into feeding an animal in order to eat it later when generally whatever that's eating, you probably also could have eaten. I saw a tweet one time that was like a conversation between two MFC fighters. And one guy said to the other one something about like, how how much like protein did you have today? And the other guy was like, I didn't have any protein today because I figure whatever animal I'm eating, if they've built up their muscles, they've earned that gain. I'm not going to eat that away from them. And the other guy like from that day stopped eating meat that animal has worked for its muscles so I'm not gonna take them away from that (laughs) which I thought was such an interesting way to think about it but you know whatever works Uh, yeah I guess whatever can whatever your reasoning (laughs) is you could have whatever reason you want that one blows my mind a little bit I'm like no I can't I can't even process what you just said to me because no (laughs) 
also, as we head to a, a climate that keeps getting more and more heated, there's so much water usage in oh, cattle okay. production. That's a shocking differential, though. One fifteenth of the population of the world and one third of the consumption. Oh, my fucking Jesus, God. Wow. We're doing a comparative protein cooking experiment today. That's the main purpose of this. But we figured we really haven't done kind of a full meal sort of recording before. So we wanted to do one of those. We we did an experimental one a long time ago. <laughs> it was too much. We went too hard. So we could... I feel like we like didn't talk to each other for a couple of days because we were just both just like so exhausted from the recording. We were like, I can't even think about it. Like, <laughs> I mean, you might have felt that way, but I'm pretty sure that's not true. <laughs> yeah, it, it's rare that more than like 12 hours go by. So. Like, I feel like that can't possibly be true. But, I know. but w- we wanted to do this meat searing comparison. I think when we both saw it around the same time and we're like, this is very interesting. What would this look like? Something it's, it's very counter to what we've always understood as what we're doing with our proteins. What's the traditional method that people have typically used for cooking proteins? And in particular, I think for the most part, we're going to kind of talk about beef just because that's a little bit more of the focus tonight. We said steakhouse dinner, not fish house dinner. So my salmon, I'm going to try to mirror the method as much as possible, but I think we're really going to make the sirloin and the steak the kind of highlight today. Well, most here, here, here's how I think about it and why I'm calling it steakhouse dinner is pretty much every steakhouse does a good salmon Mm. because you always got me. There's always somebody that, yeah, is coming with somebody probably that eats meat that doesn't want as much meat. They always do good. They always have like a really solid salmon dish. So that's why I was saying steakhouse dinner. That's a really good point. I include steak. Like I I really do kind of, although tuna is definitely more steaky than Mm -hmm. salmon. But to me, something like a salmon is a bit like a steak. The cooking is similar enough, but yeah. So I think we'll probably mostly though be focusing on what the comparison means for your beef. Exactly. Uh, Mostly because that was the the actual protein that was the article. Used. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's the main reason why that we're going to focus a bit more on that. What's the traditional method that we have often associated with cooking steak? Heat up your pan first. Get it really hot. Put maybe some oil in there. Although it depends on the type of pan you're using, obviously, because with like cast iron or something like that, I typically don't use a lot of oil because one of the main things that they brought up in this article is that the splatter is going to be much less. It's like, oh, I wish I had some sort of heat proof uh, barrier. I could <laughs> So we're going to use a hot pan with oil and their methodology is using a cold pan, no oil, and it's got to be a nonstick pan so that you don't need oil and then flipping it every two minutes until it's brown. For how long? It says Cut steaks dry with paper towels and sprinkle both sides with pepper. Place steaks one inch apart in a cold 12-inch nonstick skillet. I'm using a slightly bigger pan because... Oh, in addition to doing this cooking experiment, I also have a meat comparison experiment where I bought some meat from my favorite meat vendor at the farmer's market. And I got some meat from my local small grocery store. So I'm going to compare the cut because I can't fucking make up my mind. (laughs) 
because Gretchen has to have an experiment for every step of the process. <laughs> yep, every Bad Gretchen is. Yeah. <laughs> Place steaks one inch apart in a cold 12-inch nonstick skillet. Place skillet over high heat and cook steaks for two minutes. Flip steaks and cook on the second side for two minutes. Neither the neither side of the steaks will be brown at this point. Flick steaks. <laughs> Flick those steaks. <laughs> Flick, <laughs> Flick the steaks. Flip the steaks. Fuck. Look, we're going to have to do it. <laughs> we're going to have to flick them. And before flick we can em. flip them. Flip the steaks. Reduce heat to medium and continue to cook. Flipping the steaks every two minutes until browned. And meat registers 120 to 125 degrees. Damn it. I put my thermometer away because i didn't think i was going to need it <laughs> i don't know why i thought that well that's for medium rare four four to ten minutes longer so four minutes jesus christ seems very fast <laughs> steak should be sizzling gently if not increase the heat slightly reduce heat if the skillet starts to smoke transfer steaks to carving board and let rest for five minutes slice okay. steaks and season with coarse or flakes sea salt to taste and serve wait i'm sorry how many times do you flip it every two minutes for how long again? Four to 10. Four to 10 minutes, probably depending on the thickness. Yes. Okay. So cold pan, then you put your meat in mm-hmm. and then you turn the heat up to high. Yep. And put the pan on. Put the pan on and flip it every two minutes until cooked through to the desired temperature. Mm-hmm. Okay. Versus what you'd already said, which is pan is already hot, already oiled or buttered, whatever your preference is there. And then you put it on and sear it on one side for a long time, or, or you know, not like a long time, but longer than two minutes, probably. Right. <laughs> and then flip it once, mm-hmm. cook the other side, both rest, both methods then rest. This is fun. Okay. This is exciting. Oh my gosh. I'm going to talk us through really briefly what we've already done. And then Gretchen's going to get going with guiding us pretty much through the rest of the episode. But again, starting with making that salad dressing. So we have already preheated our oven to 400 degrees. We have salted our protein. I know we've talked about this before, but this is to pull out moisture and to add flavor, right, Gretchen? Correct. And you salted your protein last night. No, I did this morning. Oh, okay. You did yours this morning. (laughs) And I did mine like about two, three hours ago now. Then we have both washed and dried our russet potatoes and our salad ingredients are ready to grow are ready to grow oh little vegetables growing. okay our salad <laughs> ingredients our salad ingredients are ready to go Gretchen will walk us through how to make the dressing and I'm going to read real quick the ingredients that we're using which are two tablespoons of lemon juice two tablespoons of shallot I'm using white onion but that has been soaking in lemon juice for a little while that's minced, one tablespoon of capers, lightly chopped, one tablespoon of Dijon mustard, and we're both using spicy brown mustard because we have a mind connect and we always want to do the same things randomly. And then the last thing is half a cup of extra virgin olive oil. Lemon caper salad dressing. Gretchen, what's our first step here? So we're going to mix together our lemon juice, shallot, and capers with our Dijon mustard. And then we're going to slowly drizzle in our half a cup of extra virgin olive oil so we can work that emulsion together. 
hopefully this is just take a few minutes and this, this is a real loose emotion this isn't like a tomb or aioli or anything so it's, it's just it's it's a, informal <laughs> right we weren't dedicating a whole episode to it so <laughs> the way we did with those things <laughs> no maybe 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 a, a couple minutes any salt and pepper oh yeah that's probably a good idea <laughs> to taste yes although you got some, since you've got capers in there but you could not too much salt yeah not as much salt I hear one of your fancy grinders over there. Actually, you heard two, because first I did two salt, of them. and then I did pepper. Whiskey, 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 whiskey. So let me know when you start pouring your olive oil in. I am about to go on the olive oil. Okay. How far are you into your olive oil? I'm, I'm done. I just finished. Sorry. Oh, you're done. Oh, shoot. Okay. <laughs> I so a little bit. Went a little fast. I was like, I got to tell her you're almost done. <laughs> I was like, oh, and I'm done. <laughs> There's such a good uh, consistency to this. Wanted something sort of creamy, but not wanted to pull a bit on like a wedge type salad was my original idea. But I don't like that heavy dressing. And I had, I don't know, I think I might have had something from Sunbasket like a couple weeks ago that came that, that wanted me to do something like that. I was like, oh, oh, yeah, I don't have to like chop a lettuce all apart. Yeah, I really like it. I don't usually like emulsify my vinaigrettes like that. So this is yeah. such a good trick. There you go. Trick. There you go. Trick All right. Now our dressing okay. is made. Dressing is made. Let's move on to our potatoes. Are we going to let this sit out at room temperature? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I thought you meant the potatoes. And I was like, um. <laughs> I know it's really important to keep temp- potatoes at a certain temperature before you cook them. <laughs> potatoes. My, my super secret trick is we're going to put them in the microwave. <laughs> Express. Train of potatoes. Express train potatoes. Microwave and then oven. Finish in the oven. Yeah. So I'm going to cut just down like one of the long sides here and make a slit. How deep are you cutting? Not very deep. You basically just need to pierce the skin. So even like if you prick all over the skin or something, that works too. Just don't want the skin to explode because that is possible. (laughs) Got it. And that's just one side? Yes. All right. And again, we've both already rinsed and dried these guys. And I'm making enormous potatoes because that's what they had at my local store. <laughs> Mother of all a pound potatoes. Each. A pound. They are a pound a piece. <laughs> Mother of potatoes. Mother of potatoes. When they go in the microwave, are they wrapped in anything? Nope. We're just going to oil them up with some butter. Okay. I only have cold butter. Oh, no. Well, that won't be a problem. You can warm it up oh, with okay. your hands. I'm going to use my hands. <laughs> All right. The things you think are going to be. Oh, God. Oh, no. Are you okay? I'm fine. I don't know how it happened, but my plastic measuring half cup measuring cup broke. <laughs> no good. Well, I need new ones anyway. I know. Yeah, I suggest ma- metal ones this time. I have a metal set, but I feel like I need a couple of sets. I was, gonna, I was like, maybe I should send you some of mine. I was like, no, I can't send you any of mine. Yeah, I, I need them all. You need all of them. <laughs> I know. I've had these old plastic ones for a long time, so I'm actually kind of grateful. So maybe I'll throw another one tonight. We'll see. <laughs> I didn't mean to, but. So I'm okay. putting, I, I've got about a tablespoon of butter that I'm spreading around on these potatoes. Each? One tablespoon each or no. between the two? Well, between my three. I'm doing three. Your three. Got it. So I was like, if I'm going to bake potatoes, I'm going to bake a bunch gonna- of potatoes. I'm going to do three, too, just because these are kind of small. And I think probably it'll be too much food at the end of the day. But I got anxious about not having enough. 
baked potato. So the theme of Becca's week this week is anxiety. Yes. <laughs> oh, I've been so anxious. This week. Oh my gosh. Yeah, clearly I've been telling us we got to move our new high gluttony headquarters compound to Vermont because I'm scared about drought and stuff. Climate change. Yeah. I'm not arguing with you. I know. I just don't really want to move there because it's I know. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Here's another secret about me. I don't really know how to use my microwave. <laughs> <laughs> so when you when you not <laughs> bad about not knowing how to use a food processor now. <laughs> okay keep going because like when people like do recipes for the microwave they're like do this on this like high heat low heat I don't know how to do any of that with my microwave so okay I just cook everything on whatever setting is the default <laughs> <laughs> so probably high probably high yeah but so far it's not been the worst thing ever so <laughs> I, I'm going to cook my potatoes in my microwave for eight minutes. Okay. These are enormous, enormous potatoes. <laughs> so they may take longer. I don't know if I'll do them longer in the microwave or longer in the oven. I probably will do them longer in the oven because I, that would be my preference. Got it. But I'm just too yeah. lazy to wait for to bake potatoes in the oven. These fuckers would cook for like two hours. Totally. Do you typically put them all in at the same time? Yep. And do you put like parchment under them or anything? Just a microwave safe plate. Okay. So should I do eight minutes for these ones that are smaller too? Or should I start at a lower amount of time? Um, I think eight minutes is probably fine. Okay. It seems to be that amount of time will take them to a good temperature. Okay. Oh, you. That's you. I was like, why is my microwave beeping? <laughs> <laughs> Me. I'm actually also, oh, also going to start my pan for my high heat searing but I am going to just put it on like a medium low temperature since I'm not going to start right away I'm also going to really regret doing all this hot shit in here yeah it's a warm today and of course I was like I'm not going to use air conditioning because if it's under 95 I can usually coast like through not using the air and because I like being hot So, like, I'm usually fine until about 95, and it's only supposed to be 90 here today. But I've got everything shut up for the sound. 95. Oh, that's hot. No wonder you don't want to live in Vermont. I told you. I I know. I remember from the Katie Smith interview, too, the Bliss Smith podcast that you had said, you absolutely don't want to live in the snow. And so I know when I'm like, Gretchen, let's move to the snow. You're like, well, wait a minute. Fuck you. We had Arizona on the table too there, Becca. So, (laughs) all right, we'll figure that out. But our potatoes are in the microwave. This is so exciting. I've never done it this way. And I had a quick question for you. I'm doing one 12 inch nonstick and one eight inch nonstick. Do you think I should, is one size better for the higher temperature or lower temperature or will it not really make a difference? I, I, so here's the thing. I'm not really sure why they specify a 12 inch skillet. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I get it for some things, but since this is not like a volume type situation, this is a searing situation, I can't see why the size of the skillet would make a difference. 
if I had to pick one, I might lean towards the smaller one being the one you heat up, but that's just based on zero science and me just picking one and thinking that would be the one I would do. So that's probably the good one. All right. Yeah. And that's I, a good one. <laughs> we talk about this all the time because I have an electric stove. So I'm always like, what temperature should I set it at? In this case, five, again, on a scale of low three, five, seven high five is boiling for me. What okay. should I put this at as my high heat temp? I would say five. Five. Yeah. I'm going to go with your judgment on that since you're like, that's, that's like really the highest I need to go. Cause otherwise it just gets too fucking hot. Yeah. And then it never cools down. Yeah. Got it. Um, sorry. A little vent about <laughs> the electric stoves, but we're not putting it all the way up to that temp just yet. Right. You're just kind of heating no, the I've pan got it up on initially. Heat. Yeah. I'm oh, you do. Kinda, yeah. I've got it low. Okay. You, okay. you were correct. Check. All right. So I have three more minutes. I'm going to get some tin foil out because I'm going to wrap these puppies in tin foil. Straight out of the microwave or will you let them cool a little? Pretty much straight out of the microwave. I will use a pair of tongs. <laughs> I could smell potatoes. Mm. What are your potato toppings going to be? Butter. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Most importantly. But I would like sour cream. Oh, Sarah, she can bring some. I'm going to do Greek yogurt because that's what I had. I did want sour cream, but I was like, I think I'll make Greek yogurt work. And then I made Macon to use okay. to try, see how that goes on top of a baked potato. And then cheddar cheese and maybe some pecorino. You're going to put Parmesan on the sa- your salad, right? Yes. I'll probably do a little bit of whatever it, if I end up doing Parmesan or Pecorino on the salad, whichever one I decide on, I'll end up putting a little it's bit mine. on the potato. Okay. That's your beep. Not my beep. Yeah. Okay. That's my beep. Okay. Ooh, hot. Mine's, mine's 40 seconds behind you. <laughs> my plate is bonkers hot. Uh Oh, I'm making sure not to set it on my counter because I have a um, stone counter. And I have definitely made the mistake of pulling things out of a too hot something and putting them on a stone counter and having that literally blow up. So, oh my God. Oh, Gretchen. <laughs> oh my God. It was more like an explosion, really. That a- well, that's, that's both are terrifying. <laughs> I don't, that's semantics. Oh my God. Salt and pepper my potatoes. Okay. So they come out of the microwave, salt and pepper, and then wrap in foil individually. Yep. Okay. And I might put a smidge more butter on the top just to make sure they have enough. It's very important to get enough butter, which is often I a couple of tablespoons in my opinion. Yep. You're not wrong. Thank you. This is why we started a podcast together called High Gluttony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not high fasting or some other <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> nope. No, no, no high bullshit. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, hot potato. One in. Hot potato. Hot potato. Those are hot potatoes. Yeesh. And how often do you get to just yell hot potato? I know. How fun to legitimately be like, ah, hot potato. And it's, I feel like in my head, it's impossible to just say it once. I'm like, hot potato, hot potato, hot potato. Like it's never one iteration. One, no, not one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to say it 10 times. Yeah, at least. Is it true that the skin of the potato has the most nutrients? That is true. We've discussed that on this podcast. <laughs> Well, that's how I know it then. <laughs> yeah, that's how you know that. So should we talk about fat and marbling? And I love talking about fat. <laughs> and maybe maybe just a, a smidge of how 
fish is a little bit different from meat. <laughs> you mean how moo moo meat is different from swim swim meat? Yes, how moo moo meat is different from swim swim meat. <laughs> Got it. Well, I mean, because number one, fish is automatically leaner. Disadvantage number one. Is it leaner than 100% grass-fed beef? Yes. Oh, I Someone believe so. Someone we know told me different. Well, let's see what the internet has to say. Google time. The internet doesn't have a fast answer for us. Ugh. Well, I hate that. I love the one sentence answers. I mean, I don't see, I'll say this. I don't see how that could possibly be true. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> your definite, that's my definitive answer for right now. <laughs> love it. I have other, <laughs> other things to say otherwise. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I love it. Definitive for now. <laughs> for now. <laughs> So marbling is considered a, a, the fatty connective tissue, which is just the body's version of being able to store fat closer to the muscle. So it's the, the muscle storing its own energy provisions. So those are going to be used up earlier than wherever you've got fat, you know, just fat on your body, you know, like you're, for me, it's my boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Takes a while for them to start to lose weight because they're just mostly fat. Whereas this, the fat stores in your muscles are going to get used first because they're easier to access. I'm a little confused. Yeah, I'm sure you are. I was like, I don't think this is making any sense whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me some questions. Help me sort, sort myself out. So when we say marbling, that's the fat amount that's in the meat, right? It's these fatty connective tissues. So it's kind of the veining. I don't love that word, but it's kind of like the white veining. (laughs) Well, that's why we call it marbling. (laughs) Right. Marbling. Yes. Beautiful. Let's put an Italian word on it. It's great. I don't know if that's an Italian word. I was just thinking of Italian marble. So what? And like the veins of the marble, you know? Okay. Okay. I I thought that might be where that that came from, but I was still like, what is happening? What is she saying? So you're saying the way we process the fat, the way anything processes fat in its tissues has to do with where it's stored in the body, whether it's stored in muscles or it's stored in other locations like boobs, belly, butt, oh, all the bees, mm-hmm. the big bees, the big bees. Those take a lot longer to process, to like reduce that fat if you were trying to. For, it takes a lot longer from those regions than it does from places that have it stored in muscle. Right. It's like keeping its own energy supply close by, you know, just in case it needs it. So like the more, sorry, this also relates to migration because, well, okay. Because like there are species of birds that like gorge themselves and then they'll fly from the Northeastern United States all the way to South America without stopping. Mm, cool. And like, you know, bears fatten themselves up for winter, but that's just because they want to have that fat store built up and they want to, I mean, that has, it was just making the point of having your, the potential to store your energy in your muscle makes it a lot easier when the muscle needs that extra energy. If you're not having outside energy brought in, then it can grab that energy real fast as your body converts to eating more of that or using more of those fat stores that are elsewhere. I think this makes sense. Okay. 
Does it make sense to you? I'm trying to connect it to the piece of steak you have. So, oh, right. So here's where marbling becomes important. Okay. Yeah. I guess we, I'm, I always do that, don't I? I get off in the weeds somewhere and I don't know what to, how to bring it back to what we're actually talking about. I'm like, you need to know this. But then I'm like, but I'm over here now and I don't know how to get back over there. No, and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> What's happening? Giving you extraneous information. Always learning. So now that the muscle's dead, because we're going to eat it. Okay. <laughs> that, that fat will just help keep the meat moist. Okay. So that's why... Anything with a lot of marbling is usually going to be a much juicier, moister piece of meat. Some people I know claim that you can have things be too fatty, like pork and beef. I do not agree with this. <laughs> like, no, no, that's wrong. This can never be too fatty. That's not a thing. Like carnitas. Carnitas can never be too fatty for me. I just. I'm one of those people. I hate oh, well. into a piece of fat. Yeah. You also don't like pork. Right? Yeah. You also don't like pork. So, yeah. <laughs> and I have, and, and I've shared with you my, before my theory that it has something to do with texture. Because remember when we had that beef tongue and I was like, oh, you're going to love this. And, you, and I looked at you and I was like, oh, no, it's kind of like pork. Like mm-hmm. I, I've miscalculated on your enjoyment <laughs> of this item. <laughs> right. That's funny. I think I kind of blocked that out. I forgot that we both ate it. I just, in my head, you were the only one who ate it, but no. You might have eaten a small piece off of yours. And, and then, this I- is, you know, in the before times when we were all afraid of everybody's mm-hmm. bodily mm-hmm. fluids. Yeah. So like <laughs> before times, I just ate the rest of it because you ate a small piece off and it was like, oh no, oh, I've made a mistake. <laughs> Excuse me while I eat this mistake. <laughs> yeah. Oh, forgive me. I'll just finish it. Let me, let me just take care of that for you. I, <laughs> I can definitely see that uh, either that or I managed to stop you before you ate it. And cause I started to eat it and then went, Oh no, I bet she won't like this at all. <laughs> yeah. It's, I can't remember how it happened now. <laughs> well, so then, so like Wagyu beef, Wagyu beef is a big deal because it's extra fatty. Right. Well, they also like are really like they massage. There's a whole thing about Wagyu beef that (laughs) I guess would have been a really fun thing to get into for this episode, but I did not because that would have been a really good direction to take it. But yes, that is the exact thing is that like they're super nice to the beef. So you get these nice, thick, beautiful, healthy veins of marbling and, you know, it's well distributed and it's not just like clumps of fat and so yeah, the Wagyu is its own. I have a, it's like sushi grade tuna versus yes. canned Starkist. Yeah. No offense, that's, Starkist. That's why yeah. it's always so expensive. Let me tell you this story. Um, <laughs> I feel like I should get going on the meat, but also Sarah went on a date with this guy and they went to Miminashi where you and I went and we ate and I ate all the beef tongue. <laughs> And he ordered like Wagyu steak and they like Wagyu steak, they sell by the ounce. Like it's so it's very expensive. expensive. And he ordered like, like it, you get like a four ounce piece and it's like 70 bucks. And like, and he's Sarah, like, I'll take eight ounces. Yeah. I mean, like basically that's what he did. And then like, mm. I can't remember if it was just that Sarah was super unimpressed or he like kind of didn't realize what he was ordering. And like, so then like the whole thing was not cool, but <laughs> It's just like I laughed. I laughed really hard because, like, yeah, wagyu is fucking expensive. I'm not even sure I've had like proper proper wagyu. Like I've had some like, yeah, I've never had like the 
the real Wagyu. I've had like imitation U.S. trying to make Wagyu Wagyu. I've actually had it because when I dated that guy, he was really into Wagyu beef. Oh. We went to one of the places in the city called A55, maybe? It was downtown. A54. A54. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the only time I've ever had it. And I was like, I don't, I don't like fatty things. I like a <laughs> filet mignon. <laughs> I like a well done filet mignon. I am not your you, audience. Yeah. For, <laughs> for that. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I would like this very tender, but also lean muscle on the side. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> Whereas I'm like, I want that head off the top of the, the, um, <laughs> the tenderloin so that I can eat like all that fatty meat and it's mm-hmm. still tender. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh my gosh. So, so were you saying then that migration is connected to the uh, distribution of fat or how animals consume fat before something or like their how their body cycle works you know like where their bodies are literally made to gorge and then starve and gorge and then starve you know like so yeah the those animals probably okay I'll have to look this up too but I would assume that they'd have a more even distribution like but maybe that's wrong maybe they do have more of exterior because I feel like they always say bear meat's really lean usually but that might also have to do when they hunt because i'm Mm. sure it's not during the winter when they'd be fat (laughs) right and i wonder if that accounts if that accounts for why like bison is much leaner than beef that would make a lot of sense yeah that i'm almost 100 percent sure that's the case because if yeah if you just don't like animal fat very much then that would explain a lot of that Okay, temperature going up on my small pan to five. The other pan is still on no heat. Okay, so I am turning mine up as well to five. But I also have a low to 10 scale, basically, because it yeah. shows up to nine on the, the numbers. Remind me, the high heat pan has the oil, right? Yes, this is okay. correct. I'm going to do, do the slightly thicker of my two steaks. For my three steaks in, in this pan. And I'm clearly going ahead now. Okay, you're going. I'm going. Which, in both pans? I started, I'm starting my hot one first. Since that's going to take a little. Does not take a little longer, but theoretically taking the same amount of time. My other skillet will take a little while to heat up. Just because of the electric. Okay. So I wonder if I should start the other one now too. Yes. I'm using my power boil one, but I'm just going to set it to high heat. This high heat salmon, the preheated pan is going to be done so quick. I know. <laughs> you're going to be done really fast. <laughs> just the On other, the yeah. other uh, <laughs> part of that is that your flesh is not as dense because mm-hmm. you are you have a swimming creature versus a having to divide gravity creature. A swim swim, not a moo-moo. Swim swim, not a (laughs) moo-moo. Never not going to say that from now. I will say, I will say the high heat pan oil is everywhere, which I hate. And that is what this recipe is supposed to do. Yeah. And then we will probably finish the rest of our cooking on our own and check back in with everybody with our results and our conclusion. So we're going to keep going 
But just so everybody knows, you're going to have to wait for the final result. Duh, oh, yeah. Because he's got to sit for five minutes. And you and I both have other shit to do after we get out we of got, there, So We are busy people, man. This is going to be so good. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, my gosh. All right, Gluttoneers, we made it to the end. We did a little bit of time traveling. Gretchen and I have both finished our steakhouse dinners. So, Gretchen, what are your final thoughts? Since this was a little bit more about steak than it was about salmon, I'm excited to talk about how I felt about the salmon, but I'm also really curious to hear about what you thought about this method on steak. I think I, I need to perfect the technique. It's, it, it, I think that I could do it better with practice, but the results are hard to argue with because the steak was amazing. <laughs> I hear and our, our taste test comparison as far as the uh, local store-bought meat and the vendor at the farmer's market might've preferred the store-bought meat slightly. Interesting. Yeah. Why? Well, I think this, the farmer's market stuff is grass-fed. So that might have some, it's a different, a little bit different flavor. Yeah, mostly flavor. Mm. Whereas the stuff we get, I get it, the local stores, probably grain fed. But both Sarah and I felt like the Browns Valley steak was a little bit better. And we did like the, the searing method. And I liked that I didn't have to clean up the right side of my stove (laughs) so you liked this the no heat flip every two minutes method I wasn't jazzed on the flip every two minutes idea I wasn't sure it was going to be worth the effort gotta say it's worth the effort for the time you spend standing over the steak you save that time cleaning the stove I think (laughs) right seriously gonna have to practice to get the method down because I'd like to see a little bit more sear on my steak than I managed to get and I probably could have seared it a little bit more at that time but I was worried about texture so I didn't want to push it but yeah I don't want to clean my stove anymore (laughs) I am with you I thought it was so good I was so surprised I've always cooked salmon that old style way of just leave it alone, let it cook on one side, get your pan hot and oiled up before, then put it on one side, leave it alone, flip it, put it on the other side, take it off and rest. And I was shocked that it really turned out so well with the cold pan flip every two minutes, no oil. I don't know that I would have been able to tell such a difference if I hadn't tasted them side by side. And I realized The texture, the crispiness on the one that had the oil was very nice. It was really crisp. It was kind of what I had come to know. But as compared to the other one, the other one felt so delicate. And so it was such a different level of crisp and perfection. And it also Hmm. felt like that cold one had a different moisture level inside the actual flesh of the salmon. So it was a lot more moist. It was a little bit more delicate of a, of a outside texture. And uh, like you said, just the fact that there wasn't just like oil splattered all over the fucking place. It was so nice to look down and have 
one at least square, like one corner <laughs> of the oven that or the stove that wasn't just a complete mess. <laughs> oh my God. I will say I I've been testing that with veggies to try mm-hmm. out just no heat or no oil and just letting them release their own like liquid water first. And I did try it with cod. It did not work as well with cod. The cod started falling apart after probably like the third flip. And I kind of anticipated that, but I was just curious about how that could work with other fish. So it feels like salmon, maybe halibut, maybe tuna, maybe, I don't know. I'm really curious to see how it would work with other types of fish. Yeah, you're right that halibut's sort of a maybe because it is slightly more delicate than salmon. But it has a thickness to it that I wonder if it could hold up to the flipping. I don't know. Yeah, the the cod doesn't surprise me because cod's really (laughs) delicate. Yeah. (laughs) What about scallops? I... I would think it would work really well with scallops, actually. Okay, I want to try that now. Since they are very meaty. Mm-hmm. So it has really changed the way I've been approaching fish and veggies, which is the majority of what I eat. So that is pretty fun to be testing that out. I also have had a G's express baked potato like every other day for lunch since we recorded. I've been obsessed with it. They had such a nice texture. I love that. I always end up like basically mashing my baked potato with cheese and sour cream and stuff. And then I eat all the peel first and then just have the inside and I cannot get enough. Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's like, wait, you eat it backwards? That's backwards, Becca. (laughs) I am a very, I eat things individually and I tend to eat the things I don't want first. I always want my last thing to be enjoyed as like the best thing, like the one I'm waiting for. And I always try to make like my last bite, like a perfect encapsulation of that last thing. It's very weird. I have like a whole weird system of eating. (laughs) It's like, actually, that's really smart. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Get those potato skins out of the way. You know, you're getting your nutrients in and then the rest is just cheese, potatoes, and fucking sour cream, basically. Like (laughs) it's just butter. All the dairies I can find in my fridge just go (laughs) on it. (laughs) I also forgot how good that vinaigrette was. And I like, I forgot after we made it until I was editing the episode and now I want to make a gallon of it it was so good I put it on everything I loved so I think this is gonna how be how I'm gonna get myself to eat a fuck ton of salads this summer (laughs) it's very fun to eat the little jump lettuces dipped in it so much so nice and like the texture is amazing and you get like this full mouthful of beautiful crispy lettuce and then this like rich but also sharp vinaigrette and oh uh, such so much good they're so good and those little pops of caper sometimes when you get a whole one and it had a perfect saltiness and I was so surprised by the creaminess of it of just kind of slowly adding the olive oil to emulsify like that it was 
ah, I did a mouth kiss. I loved it so much. Turned it into an old Italian woman. Ah, I loved it. (laughs) So good. So good. This was awesome. It was really awesome. I thought it came together really well. I enjoyed this whole meal start to finish every, every piece of it. I loved, it was so fun. Well, great. And world level one. So you could do it all the time. And I have with the potatoes clearly in particular, and I keep testing it with the method on other fishes, other fish and things. So this has become a part of me now. Have you had, what, what are your notes on cooking the veggies like that though? I think it's been really great. So I've been doing it a lot with squash. So kind of a heartier <laughs> thing. And I have so much fucking squash, as you know. Right. So it's like, it's oh my summer. God. So what I've been doing is like cold pan, put them on kind of small cubes, diced, whatever, not diced, little chunks, and then turn it up to about medium high for me, mm. add a little salt and then kind of constantly stir it until some of the moistures come out. And then I turn it up a little bit more and add a little bit of oil for just a few more minutes and then turn the heat off and just let it sit for a while. Nice. It's been delicious. They've come out like really nice texture and you can still taste so much of the freshness of the vegetable, vegetable quotes. So I try it. See, let me know what you think if you try it. Cause I'm curious about if it's just squash or something else. Um, I'm going to be really annoying and also do squash because I have squash that I need to eat right now. Of course. So I, well, I will be employing your method and trying it out. So more to come, gluttoniers. More to come. As always, find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, kind of-ish. We've abandoned YouTube for the time being. We'll bring it, we'll resurrect it when we're ready to do video. And we are still hoping to hear from you. If you have thoughts or recipes you want us to try out, or if you have tested any of our methods, let us know at highgluttony at highgluttony.com. And thanks for joining us. Off we go, gluttoniers. Let me band. <laughs> <laughs> it's only coconut shell. <laughs> <laughs>